You're listening to Solid Sound and joining me online is Rory Kelly of Das Booty. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good. Good now that I remember to press record. It makes it makes, makes it a lot better. Uh, more interesting podcast, you know? <laughs> Broadkiller Project, tell me a bit about it, man. Let's talk tunes. Yeah, so in around 98, I was going to loads of squat parties every weekend. Uh, one rig in particular stood out, which was the Crossbones rig. And this is this is by them, their crew. And yeah, I mean, they would just play like nasty Doomcore and just like not very fast GABA, but you know, at this speed, but just really dark stuff. Tempo on this isn't, it isn't particularly high either, is it? It's like, what's it, around 150 or something like that? It's not really aggressive. Is that, is that what you, I guess that's what you'd call Doomcore, is the fact that it's slow and sludgy, like. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I had never heard anything like it before squat parties. I'd, you know, I'd gone through the obligatory metal and punk phase and I've been going out to trance clubs and big beat things and came to a squat party and then heard sounds like this and I was just immediately converted to like the, the darker side of dance music there and then yeah oh, so there's a bit of a transition there you weren't just going to school discos and then going oh I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I like school discos let's go to a squat party that seems like a hell of a jump and a, <laughs> a big way to jump in right you know yeah well I mean you know when I was about 18 it was just a huge you know like everyone like it was a huge transition period going out and experiencing different things and stuff and somehow I ended up at one of these raves and and uh, yeah that was it you know I would start going every single weekend after that you know just absolutely hooked and uh, every single one this rig would be there you know just pumping out these evil sounds so they're, they're like you know they're kind of notorious from that era this track kind of represents that <laughs> I was talking to someone before about squat parties and they were saying the thing with a squat party is it's hard for the police to break it up because if someone lives there, how do you differentiate between an illegal rave and a house party? Because if you're having a party in your house, a legit residence, police can't really do much about it. So that's how the squat parties fell in a middle area of legality. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they would get someone to live there maybe a couple of weeks or days before and yeah and then it became you know a living area so the laws were different so yeah but these would be like massive warehouses which apparently one or two people would live in but yeah great times great times yeah and how did you find out about these parties you're gonna tell us you're gonna be telling us the secrets now come on it's okay i mean it's so long ago i really wouldn't be able to tell you 
uh, how I ended up at the first one I did, but I guess just going out and then at the end of the night someone says, hey, do you want to go to another party? And then you do and you don't even know where you're going. And then you turn up and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing, but I'm a fish out of water here. This is, I'm not used to this at all. But there's something about it and you keep going back for more and then eventually, you know, you do feel like this is your place, this is your people. This track, that rig, holds a really sort of special place in my heart because it was there right from the beginning. I mean, I think this is from 2001, so, so this is a bit later than when I first discovered them, but I mean, a lot of the other stuff is just pretty nasty and evil. I thought I'd pick something that your listeners would, wouldn't instantly, you know, listen to and go, shit, I don't want to listen to it now, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Ah, no, man, no, no, I love, I love all sorts. So what were you listening to before this? Like you said you were listening to metal, punk and stuff like that as well, or were you listening to some easier rave music? Well, like, yeah, I guess metal. I had been going to a lot of sort of big beat clubs with, you know, Fatboy Slim and Chemical Brothers and all that. But also started going to trance clubs, which was like my first dip into real ravey nights. And that was for about six months. And then, yeah, as I say, I ended up at the squad party and then just got really hooked. Yeah. I mean, like, the music is generally like acid techno, like this one coming in. It's quite similar to trance, anyway, at that time, like the, the formula. So it wasn't really much of a leap. It was just the sounds themselves were sort of more street, <laughs> more edgy kind of thing, you know, a bit more a bit more punky, I guess, which obviously I preferred because that's, you know, I, I, I like that kind of music anyway. So less fluffy than the trance. Yeah, just a huge wide spectrum of music, isn't there? You know, I mean, like if I said to you, what are your main metal albums or artists or whatever, or punk or whatever, what would you call out? Oh my God, this is so long ago. You know, I've just absolutely loved music from about 15. I guess around that time, I was into Korn and Machine Head. I mean, I wasn't so much into punk at that point. I, I actually got more into punk from going to squat parties because they would play a lot of 70s punk, which I then got massively into. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it's metal, you know. I, I liked Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson as well. Yeah. I mean, I still listen to Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson quite a lot. I used to go to goth clubs a lot where you would hear not just metal, but sort of industrial goth music, you know, ultraviolence, that kind of thing. Yeah, just for all sorts, really, but I mean, generally quite hard <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that's got a load of energy uh, and it's got sort of, I always say, it's music sort of balls to it, like, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely, it definitely has to have balls to it. It doesn't need to have a high tempo, but it needs to have a sort of rebellious attitude. So, Dave the Drummer, I mean, this track's nine minutes, right? So we need to talk about some other bits and pieces, because nine minutes, man. I mean, how long can we talk about Dave the Drummer? Unless you can <laughs> unless you can fill the next eight minutes talking about Dave the Drummer. Yeah. Tell me about him. Like, what, why, why have you got this one for Hydrox 9? 
Okay, so this sort of sums up this kind of acid techno, um, even though this one doesn't have any acid in it, but it's the same kind of formula. Apart from the Crossbones rig, I absolutely loved all the acid techno rigs like Underground Sound and Malfetters and and David Drummer was just like one of the main players of that and he still is and yeah he's just got the touch when it comes to making sort of hard loopy you know techno with building up the tension releasing the tension it just repeated vocal lines that just kind of worm their way into your brain but you know he keeps it groovy as well you know it's not just uh, it's just not like boring loops it keeps you interested you know throughout it yeah in my opinion anyway <laughs> it's all about your opinion mate that's the whole point that's why we brought you on we want to hear your opinion right yeah. <laughs> i mean my opinion dave the drummer I, I i like it it's good stuff but i i couldn't name more than two tracks by dave the drummer yeah you know um and each to their own but that's the joy of talking tunes right it's each to their own um and having an appreciation for all the different types of music because yeah absolutely i love this but like i said earlier about metal or whatever or any sort of style of music you know there's some stuff which Maybe people don't really know all the way to the core, you know, they just dip in, have a bit of it, that's nice, and then go off and do something else and listen to someone else, you know, and that's very much where I'm at. I think a lot of people listen to the show, that's where they'd be at. They want to, there's just too much to, to listen to. There is just too much music out there. So, you know, dip your toe in, enjoy a bit of this, a bit of that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, what was good at that time was just going to the same parties every weekend for a period of years. You would hear ideas in the music and, you know, the next week or maybe a couple of weeks later, that idea would be elaborated on. So someone might release a track with like a vocal snippet in it and then maybe like a couple of weeks later, there'd be like a similar track and it'd be but done in this different way. And then that would just continue. And then you'd, you'd see like these ideas of different producers putting these records out and just sort of evolving it while you were there. So that was really good. I'd never experienced anything like that before. Because another thing, another reason I, I really got into dance music as opposed to uh, being into metal bands and stuff was that I could see these DJs all the time but these bands you know they're just like so exotic I probably see them once or twice in my life you know but with these DJs I could literally be a part of it I could literally see it happen and if I wanted to even talk to them you know that's just really good when you're like 19 <laughs> that's, that's like an amazing feeling you know so you're on these nights now, Das Booty, and you put out uh, releases and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's these DJs and there's these musicians who, for a while, probably you thought, oh, you know, they're heroes, they're on a pedestal or whatever. And now you probably know them as mates, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not really from this period of like acid techno, but yeah, since then, yeah, uh, with the label, you know, there's loads of people on there that I would consider mates. Some of them are strangers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know one of the great things about putting music out is just being able to contact your favourite artists and have a working relationship, not a, an actual friendly relationship with them. Yeah, totally working relationship. Absolutely. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Radical the United States of America, 
but Jed, I think he's well, you know, you sometimes contact these people and they're like, they're aware of what you've done or whatever. And like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I'd love to get involved. And you're like, going, oh shit, this is. <laughs> I'm glad I sent that message out. Like, you know. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And the first DJ that I booked was a guy called Rob Stowe, and uh, I booked him through MySpace. I was like, it was only for like a really small, like a pub rave, and yeah, I was just so nervous, like just sending that message. I was like really anxious, and then obviously they're just a person at the other end of it. So you know, they're like, oh yeah, I'd love to play. Of course I would. Everyone, everyone likes to be asked, you know. And I think, you know, once you just realize that everyone is just a person and they're probably into the music for the same reasons you are. So you've straight away got a huge talking point, you know. You're into the same things, basically. So, yeah, everyone should promote. <laughs> Big time. And when was that first gig then? Maybe 2006, 2004. I can't remember. Oh, I see, Bennett. Quite a while, 15 years thereabouts, give or take the fact that last year's been totally shit. Yeah, quite a long time. I was part of a, a collective called the Lead Pipe Collective down in South London in New Cross, and we kind of combined techno and punk and ska and dancehall. Just like loads, 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 loads of things, like not always together, but quite often together. Yeah, yeah, so. That's how I first um, got in touch with Jerome Hill, also. He's a big hero of mine. Um, in fact, <laughs> uh, Rob Stowe and Jerome Hill made this track we're listening to right now. To make things clear, let the world rain. You don't need no ticket to ride on this train. Another jam from the Miracle Maker, Wizard of the Word, MC Undertaker. I'm coming back for the ducks who made me mad. No chances. Here's Dad. See, I'm known to speak scientifically. Other rappers have great difficulty. Step to me, that's MC Suicide. Next snap, you die. I'll never budge. I'll hold a grudge. I'm in a fury. Here comes the judge. Stepping off, letting off. Bets are off. Get hard, never soft. Through my rhymes, I write and roam. This is a trip, the Twilight Zone. The game's over, you better start listening. I need freedom. Cause I'm ripping. Yeah, this is Groove Asylum, tune's called Ripping, came out in 2000 on the Don't Label. He said, reading from his notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this this track, so first time I heard it, um, I was still like very much into the acid techno thing. And this sort of really opened my eyes to what dance music could be, because there's loads of scratching in it, and loads of hip hop elements to it. I'd never heard anything like that before in sort of hard dance music. So this track specifically sort of really ignited a love of like hip hop elements in dance music, techno, but you know across you know across the board, like hardcore, everything. I just never heard it before, and yeah, I mean this track still it still stands up now. Because you've gone, you've gone from you know starting out saying you like listening to trance and this doom core stuff or whatever, and then this, which is completely different, right? It's a it's a one eighty, yeah, change in style. That and the ghetto tech, which you come on to later on as well. It's more funky, more breaks rather than pounding techno, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the the longer. I progressed, I've moved away from just straight 4-4 beats and more interesting beats. So yeah, I guess this is part of that. This guy, this vocal, this MC Duke, who's like an old UK hip-hop guy. He like won a competition when he was young, like really young, but this one acapella just appears so much. In, like, you know it, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every other, every other phrase. I was actually beginning, I was trying to track down who it was before the chat. I was convinced it was Ultramagnetic MCs, because, again, Ultramagnetic MCs, if you actually listen to one of their albums, like Critical Breakdown, like every other word they say is in some dance record somewhere or other. Yeah, yeah. MC Duke, never heard of the guy, so I'll have to go and check that one out. I mean, I'll send it to you after. Um, the thing is, so I had never heard of him before this tune, so this was the first time I'd heard him. I didn't discover who it was until years later. But I mean, hip hop artists at that time used to rap with an American accent, UK ones. I can understand why he thought it was Dr. Magnetic MCs, because no doubt he was trying to sound like them. So this guy's English guy, is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Not for real, wow. And he actually came back. He did it like a really like brief couple of years ago. And I was, my friend asked me if I could film film it like just hold a camera and just film it and I was like hell yeah absolutely he's like a hero so yeah I mean I heard this way back in 2000 and whatever too and maybe 12 years later I got to actually see him in the flesh perform <laughs> that is pretty damn cool man that's pretty damn cool and this came out on the Don't Label, that's run by Jerome Hill, right? That's right, yeah. I mean, Jerome has been uh, a big influence on the music that I like. Definitely introduced me to loads of stuff across the board. I mean, the sort of techno that he he puts out and he plays, that he, he supports, is very much on the quirky side. He calls it the real techno. <laughs> Everyone calls their style of techno the real techno. That is true, <laughs> and they're all kind of right. <laughs> but I think what he's getting at is that you know techno should not be formulaic. It should yeah. be wild. It should be unpredictable. It shouldn't be really formulaic music that you can predict. It should be lively. Keeps you keeps you guessing. Keeps you, it keeps you guessing. Keeps you on your on your toes, and it's always pushing forward. Yeah, yeah what I would consider mainstream techno you know it's like 64 bars and then the next 64 bars is exactly the same except we've added and like seriously that was the most you could come up with it's been five minutes when the fuck is this tune going yeah <laughs> I know man I mean I, I used to be a techno DJ for six seven years and I really would struggle to play a techno set now <laughs> like I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to I just wouldn't be able to keep it just techno. Awake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. cool tune man i haven't heard this before paul burke in potato head this is quirky i like it yeah so, so this is jerome would have introduced me to paul Birkin. so this is a guy from minnesota he, he plays pure analog sets and he's just kind of known for having playing quirky music where the machines sound alive it doesn't sound like a machine it sounds like some sort of i don't know techno organic hybrid thing <laughs> like it sounds very live as well very organic very live and playful as well which i'm a big fan of rather than just being like really evil and aggressive you know i quite like 
be tickled on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like he's using a 303 on the bass line here with just a real sort of down curve on it, you know? I like that when it's just sort of low and understated rather than screechy acid. It's nice those bass lines. Maybe that is a 303, maybe wrong, but you know, that's what I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, I love 303s, but you know, after listening to years and years of acid techno, like I just much prefer not hearing the squealing 303s. I much prefer if it's a lot more understated and just a bit more rich, you know. Not enough people use 303 basses, you know. They usually usually have it as a melody, but 303 bass is awesome. Yeah, this bit's going bom 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 That's the 303. Although I bet you anything, there's a producer out there going, oh Jesus, these lads, this is, a, <laughs> this is the TB03 clone from 2009 <laughs> that came out on Raxors or whatever and is using a Polyway synth module rather than the original. It's like, yeah, seriously, mate. <laughs> <laughs> don't care. Just don't care, really. It's a squeechy bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, one day, I keep saying one day I'll get round to making all this wonderful music. Uh, but, you know, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to be good. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man, you f- I feel your pain because it's like I tried myself for years and years and years and everything I do just turns out shit. I don't get it, you know? I think, you know, if you start when you're really young, you might have a fighting chance. <laughs> I did! <laughs> I did! 30 years ago! <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm sure you're not that bad. <laughs> I just stick to the DJ, stick to the DJ and, and talking, that's what I'm good at. That. Well, I'm good at the talking anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So this track is old, 996. I think I think I included this as well as that. Things don't have to be right up to the minute. Everything's lots of dance music, lots of electronic music. It's you know people are so to be like the latest style of fashion. This is you say you don't like squeaky stuff. This is like super squeaky. No, I love I love squeaky stuff, but oh, you do love squeaky stuff, all right? Not necessarily <laughs> squealing 303s mm. is what I'm getting at. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love this because it's just so playful, quirky. Yeah, yeah. And it's, someone once said that when you're making tune, it needs to have tell a story. And it's almost like telling a story in the fact that you've got these characters in here all talking to each other, you know? It's like a conversation going on between the instruments. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a big fan of tracks where it's like the instruments are talking to each other. You get that in bass line a lot, which I love. Just like the different basses sound like they're talking to each other. I would say as well with Jungle, I know you're probably not a fan of Jungle, if you are or not. I am. But Jungle, I always say to people in the Jungle, you've got to have two basses in there. Two different types of basses, definitely. Oh, right, right. I, I am, I, I do like Jungle, but it's one of those things, um, when I get into something, I really commit to it. And, uh, and I have always liked Jungle, but I thought, I'm not going to fully commit to this, I'm going to be at this for years, and I'm just going to spend all my money buying Jungle Records, and I'll leave that to, to other people and just enjoy it. <laughs> I just like say, I'll listen to it, but I'm not going to get involved. <laughs> Like I said, there's plenty of styles of music that you can just get into, enjoy it for what it is. Especially when, you know, you're into music as much as you are and you're, you're, you're known for certain genres of music, that you need to know those genres of music right from the top right down to the bottom. And you probably spend a lot of time, you know, researching and knowing every last little thing there is to know. That when it comes to other styles of music, you'd be like, yeah, I enjoy it, but I ain't going to commit that time to it, you know? Totally. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um... As you say, you know, if you if you're into something, like you want to play it, you, you you do need to know it inside and out, and you can't do that with all music. You just don't have the time. Come on, man! And with the local DBC news, Ed Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More but tonight, don't call it a comeback. Well, I think it's today the hardest thing I think these days with DJing, with being a DJ or someone who supports or reps certain types of music, is keeping track of which DJs and artists are sex offenders, racist, homophobes, <laughs> and all the rest of it. It's like every now and again it just seems to be certain people, and you're thinking, oh yeah, that artist, I really look up to them, and then they'll post something on Facebook about immigrants or something, and you're like thinking, oh well, maybe they were just like trying to make a point about something. And then you go into the comments and like. Oh God, this person, Jesus, I'm not going to throw that music out now. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally, totally, man. And then it's not even just their music, but it's, say if, say if they're, well, okay, you know Wiley did his Jew bait thing? No, I don't know Wiley, no. Who's that? Tell me about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, the grime rapper Wiley, he, um, he got into a bit of trouble with some things he said about Jews. So everyone was like, you know, freaked out, understandably. But someone had just released this awesome edit with his voice on, like two days before, and it's like so good. And then suddenly you couldn't play it <laughs> because, <laughs> because of what Wiley himself had said. It's just like, oh man, such a tune. Oh. Can't even play it. Yeah. 
Because it's a big old conversation about, you know, separating the artist from the art. And I think to some extent, you know, you have to do that a little bit, but then sometimes it's just, it's too much, you know? Totally. I mean, especially now because a lot, you know, a lot of DJs, you know, they pull music from all over, all over the world. You know, before you generally pull it from a lot smaller scene, like maybe a local scene or just a national scene. But like, you know, if you're playing music from other continents, you don't, you don't know <laughs> what their history is or what their personal stuff is, you know, or what their, you know, you may not speak their language or read their language, so you don't know what they're saying either. It's just impossible to keep track. Like LL Cool J, right? Who knew that he once shared a flat with Nigel Farage? <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> like, um, many people don't know that about him, right? You know? So I was just, that's why I was talking, that's why I was talking about LL Cool J, because he used to be based with Nigel Farage. I don't know if you knew that. I do not believe that. <laughs> I'm calling you out on that, Rory, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> nah, it's bullshit. <laughs> Thank God, like... Yeah, thank God for that, yeah. Imagine finding that out on air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, LL Cool J. What a dude. Yeah, this track, Mama Said Knock You Out, this sort of sums up old school hip-hop, which is just hard as nails. Were you listening to this as a kid? No, so I think I heard like Snoop Dogg and Cypress Hill from my brother, my older brother, when I was about 13 or 14. You know, that was not really something I discovered on my own. That was just those CDs were in the house. And I did like it. I really liked it and still like still like it. But LL Cool J, this track in particular, I heard through uh, sampled from a Hellfish track. Te- you know, hardcore and techno actually introduced me to a lot of hip-hop. So I would, I would go, oh my God, I love that sample. I wonder where they got it from. And then maybe years later, I would hear it and I'd think, oh, I need to follow that find out more about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I love hip-hop now, but I mean, I like the beat. So yeah, so when this came out um, in the early 2000s, it was just like hugely popular in the squat parties for a couple of years. Really? Ma- wow. Yeah, it's a massive anthem. That's where we first heard it. So many people, like my generation, heard it. It was at these parties. It's the first Get It Check tune I ever heard. But I mean, stuff like this is quite hard to find, like to buy on record. Yeah. Because if you missed it when it first came out. You certainly wouldn't have it in HMV. Yeah, I mean, no, we would really stock it because it's from America. Yeah, and even then it's underground in America. Exactly, yeah. So you could buy it off Discogs, but it'd just be so expensive. And then the shipping from America would make it even more expensive. And you might only like one track on the record, one super repetitive track. Yeah, I have got quite a few guest tech records, but I switched to digital, really, that I could really go to town on it. It is, it's absolutely classic. It's great tune, this. <laughs> so, I think, you know, obviously it samples Godzilla theme tune from the film or something, I'm not sure what it is, but um, 
Apparently the people who own the original copyrights this would never let it out. That was the issue, right? That's only speculation, but I, I think... No, I heard it from Godfather himself. Uh, I interviewed him a few years back, and he said that a car company offered him a huge amount of money to put his remix version out, and he went to the owners of the Godzilla tune, and they said, nope, nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, yeah, I can believe it, yeah. I mean, he has released um, uh, a Godzilla 2021 version. I think he's replayed that riff, so it's not a sample, he's, he's remade it. Mm -hmm. But I think the original is better. It's just got a kind of like graininess, like from, from, from the movie. Did you check out that? Obviously, I assume you did, right? The Electro Beat for Freaks. Yeah. From Godfather. Man, it's fucking amazing album, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's like 40 tracks on it or something. Incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I'm a big fan of Godfather. Again, because, you know, obviously it brings that hip-hop element to it. Did you see him when he played at Bangface? That's where I met him, yeah. Uh, oh right, okay. Yeah, I've never met him, I've never spoken to him. Um, oh, super lovely guy. Yeah, I know, like, that, that's that's the feeling I get, but you wouldn't, you know, because, you know, the music, you you would think that he's like some tough gangster kind of guy, but obviously. Nah, nah, he's, he's a lovely, lovely guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, you said earlier, you know, how you, the, the accessibility of DJs, etc. like, but yeah, sure, I'll meet you at the bank face, met him, walked around, but I had a chat, he was too laid back. But just like, we went back to our place in a smoke, and just like, you're sitting there thinking, fuck me, I'm sitting there having a smoke with, like, Godfather. Bloody hell, do you know what I mean? It just seems so unreal. Yeah, I think I would just totally fanboy out completely. I don't think I would do that with a UK artist. Like, I'd be, I'd be, I kind of think, you know, we're on the same kind of level, I get you. You know, whatever, no matter how big you are, I think we have a lot of shared, like, we know we've got a lot of shared culture. But if they're from America or from a different country, I think I just get, I just get really tongue-tied because they just, they still have that kind of exoticness to them. So what? It's a matter of bombing, knowing that I can do it, you know? Every time I get in the train, almost every day I see my name, I say, yeah, you know what, I was there, I bombed it. It's a matter. It's for me. It's not for nobody else to see. I don't care. I don't care about nobody else seeing it or the fact if they can read it or not. It's for me and other graffiti writers that we can read it. All these other people who don't write, they're excluded. I don't care about them. You know, they don't matter to me. It's for us. I was chatting to Chrissy Murderbot. Just chatting to him on Facebook. I was just getting so flustered. I think I. <laughs> I think I was blushing. <laughs> It sounds totally ridiculous. I was so glad that we weren't face to face, actually, because that would have been quite embarrassing. But yeah, so this tune's by another American who I don't blush when I speak to. Uh, Duran Duran Duran. You know his stuff, obviously, right? Of course I do, yeah, yeah. Breakcore. I mean, you're taking it on a bit of a, bit of a sideways now from Ghetto Tech into Breakcore, right? But again, even then, breakcore, you could say, well, this is a particular style of breakcore, isn't it? And then get into the details of it, but just enjoy what it is like, you know? I'd say it's, you know, breakcore informed, <laughs> but not breakcore. I would call it more GABA, but not real GABA. <laughs> mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would always think GABA is a bit more like a marching music. I don't know why, but I always imagine like armies marching when it's GABA. Whereas this is more anarchistic. 
Yeah, yeah, that's why I would say it's not real GABA. Like, it's yeah. like you wouldn't have been able to make it if you hadn't listened to GABA before. Mm. But it's totally got a totally different vibe. Which is what I like about it because it's just like a lot of hard music it, it can be quite aggressive. But this one is just proper party starter music. You know, it's just it's just really fun, I think. And it's, you know, got ultra clean production to it. That I love that riff that's got in it. That's like a sample from a really old hip hop group called Fearless Four, um, who sampled that originally from Kraftwerk. I find it so hard to find any track to ever play after this because it, I just think it's so good. Like it's just unmatchable in terms of like party energy. So this is like the end of the set, end of the night. You're done. Yeah, I mean, ideally, I'd like it to be the beginning, but I just I just find it so hard to find anything to follow it because it's just like absolute slammer. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I love the guy's name as well, Duran Duran Duran. I know. It's an absolute nightmare when you're trying to Google his stuff there. Of course. <laughs> and I love, so he had an album out called Duran <laughs> a couple of years ago. That's sort of, you're such a genius. <laughs> I often wonder what Duran Duran was thinking. I'm sure they must have gone into Google at some point. Yeah, and they probably loathe it. <laughs> they might not. I don't know. So yeah, uh, yeah, this one, 
Hmm, but a Pandetti. Elfish. I didn't realize that Elfish actually active since 92. He started out Bob Whopper Records. He used to do a lot of old school, you know, breakbeat hardcore stuff in 92. I didn't realize that about him. That's right, yeah. With, uh, he, I think he went under the name Secret Squirrel. That's it, yeah. Uh, I mean, even all that stuff is just brilliant as well. It's just He's just always been brilliant. And it's always just been absolutely banging hip hop influenced again. It's the wolf. Yeah. It's what I said about making music earlier. I think, to some extent, some people just have talent, you know? Yeah. Like, sure, you can put in the practice, you can put in the hours, you can learn the technicals, learn all the knowledge, all the rest of it, but some people just have the talent and just everything they put their hand to is just bosh, done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Bastards. <laughs> God-given talent. <laughs> and your beautiful faces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, you can practice. You can practice, practice, learn all the engineering side. But, you know, when it just comes to creativity and the musical aspects, I guess you've got it or you haven't. I mean, you can learn it, but some people just can just pull it out of the bag straight away. I mean, you look at comedy, right? Some people, they're just funny. No matter what, they are just funny, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas I can recant a few jokes I remember from somewhere else, but yeah, when it comes to originality, it doesn't happen, you know? So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So why'd you pick this tune out, anyway? Well, I'd say this is my favourite breakcore track, even though it's not really a typical breakcore track. But, I mean, I would call it a breakcore track. Anything that comes out on Def Chant is by default breakcore. Would you say that? Okay. Well, I mean, maybe someone will go through the back catalogue and go, what about this track? I'm like, okay, fair enough. Okay. Well, what, what I like about this one, I just love the messy beats, like the pummeling beats and, you know, the raw production. I love how the vocals just sound, like, really brittle. Like, do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sonically, they just have like this quality of just like they've gone through like an old MPC and they just, yeah, they've got like a brittle quality. I really love that quality. It's like crops up again and again in all tracks that I love. Um, I just think this is the sound of like a, a mash pit. It's just like, whenever I hear it, I just imagine being pushed and shoved and arms flailing and I love that description, yeah. It's the sound of a mosh pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's not like aggro, it's not angry. It's just it's just, it's just like cool. It makes you feel like really great, <laughs> really cool. A release of energy, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when, when would you listen to this? Like what sort of mood would you be in? Where would you be when you listen to stuff like this? Like I listen to this sort of stuff all the time. Uh, just when I'm working. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all, all this music, I mean, I listen to rave music, 95% of the music that I listen to is rave music, and I listen to music pretty much whenever I'm at a computer, and I'm at a computer a lot of the time. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would listen to this in the morning, <laughs> uh, late at night. I don't, I don't like to listen to rave music when I'm eating, though. <laughs> it really puts me off. Do you get that? 
But my wife wouldn't let me play Break 4 or anything like that in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play it and she'd be like, what's that shit? Turn it off. It'd give me a headache. <laughs> but no, for myself, like when I got my headphones on, like, I love, you know, walking to work on a Monday morning. And it's great, it's depressing and you've got some stream Break 4 going on. And it just, oh man, it lifts me up so much. Yeah, absolutely, me too. It's just, you know, you just feel so energised and whatever your surroundings are, you just feel, like, fucking great. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, like, music is, uh, I, guess, I don't want to call it a drug, but it sounds really cheesy, but... How about something cliche, like, music's my life or something like that? <laughs> something that should be on a poster. Oh, but I, so, when people say, are you passionate about music, I would not use that word. It's not really something that I, I choose to like. I, I can't help it. So maybe a drug is yeah. <laughs> a, a, a better description. Just constantly need that fix. So what do you know about sport? Not much. <laughs> and there'll be some people out there who would, and, and each their own, obviously, but they'd know everything, you know? And, oh, yeah, did you see that guy kick the ball in the goal in a certain way? And it's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I, 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 yeah, I couldn't tell you he was on yeah. the England team for a long time. <laughs> David Beckham plays soccer, I think. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but if someone was to talk to me, as we are now, about music, man, let's just sit here and talk for hours, like. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, but I, I, I just find it fascinating, you know. Talking of controversy, I just heard this sample here. Don't, 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 don't. You know, you obviously know where that's from, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I heard controversy about it. Some people were giving out saying body shaming men. Mm. Yeah. But I'm like, I was thinking about it. I don't want to get involved. Like, you know, some of these online arguments just don't want to get into it. Like, but I was kind of thinking, yeah. I imagine 99% of men out there that listen to that, they always think it's the other man with a short dick, not me. It's the other men who've got short dicks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do understand why people might find it offensive. Well, offensive, sure enough, yeah. But I'm talking about body shaming. You know, there's lots of things in the world which are offensive, you know, and I just think, you know, trying to limit art or literature or films because you might not like it. I just think that's stupid because it's, this is not someone going around body shaming people. Yeah. It's, it's a song, it's, it's not actually reality. It's like there, there is a difference. And this kind of music, like Short Dick Man and any kind of sort of beauty music and ghetto music, like I think its purpose, the reason it's so popular is it's kind of cathartic mm -hmm. because 
you know, it's saying these rude, taboo things that you wouldn't normally say in polite company. And, you know, when you listen to it at home or on your own, it sounds really bad. But when you're at a party and you're drunk, it sounds fucking amazing because it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know, you, you, you're letting go of like all these uh, sort of rules. That's, that's the reason that I'm into it, basically. I, but I do understand why someone would not like it. So anyway, talking about the tune itself, this is KW Griff Rock with it. What else can you tell me about this, Rory? So uh, that's Baltimore Club, which is music out of Baltimore, club music. And it's just, when it's played out loud, it's just monstrous. It's just like huge breaks and just heavily distorted bass. And it just sounds amazing. And it's really fascinating where it came from because in the early 90s in Baltimore, they were buying UK hardcore records, playing them at the wrong speed. So they were house speed. So they'd get all these crazy breaks and they would get two copies of the same record and like loop them like hip hop DJs do. But they would just play like, a, like the intro of like hardcore records and then they would get rappers on top of them. And that's how they built their scene by sampling UK breakbeat hardcore. That's full circle, isn't it? Because I mean, breakbeat hardcore kind of came from hip hop and people using hip hop breaks. Exactly. Yes, yeah, I, you know, I find all that thing so fascinating. Uh, but even even if that is, was not the case, yeah, I absolutely love that music. It's very local in the early '90s, late '90s, and so it's very hard to find. But it's kind of coming back, and I'm sort of on a mission to bring it back, if possible. <laughs> You are down a rabbit hole, my friend. You are down a rabbit hole. <laughs> and loving it by the sounds of it. That's good. Yeah, I love it all. by shroud of honor and integrity. But there are those amongst us who unlock the doors to a further dimension and let loose the forces of evil. Yeah, this track, Wish Doctor, uh, Evil Surrounds Us. After a while, I, I got really pissed off going to these raves and not hearing any rave music. <laughs> it was just techno. So I was like, oh man, I'm just, you know, all the techno records that I'm playing are like sampling old school rave tunes. I might as well just find out more about old school rave because uh, I was too young at the time. It, like it totally passed me by. I was not really aware of it. You know, 92, 93. I was kind of slightly aware of dance music and 94, 95, but you know, I, I didn't understand it at all at that point. But yeah, this track, I just think it's one of the most perfect hardcore tracks ever. It's just uh, it's got all the things I like. Um, everything's in its right place. It's got a Guns N' Roses sample in it. I never fails to amuse me. Where's Guns N' Roses in this? I'll tell you when it comes. I think you recognize that. Now, don't talk to me about rock music. Willfully not knowing anything about it. Do you not know anything about it? No. Guns N' Roses, man, all that sort of stuff. Ah, can't do with it. Ah, uh, okay, okay, right, right, right. 
just soft metal. The thing about soft metal is like you take metal, which is like, you know, and it's like you water it down to the point where it becomes accessible to the mainstream. That's why I don't like soft metal. <laughs> Guns and Roses are so funny. You should check out the one we did with Pixel the other day. We did a Talk to Cheese with Pixel and he had some proper death metal and Satanism and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, Man, that's, that's the sort of stuff I like listening to. Like earlier when I was asking you about metal, I was thinking, in my head, I was thinking of Slayer, you know, Black Sabbath, uh, Metallica, all that sort of stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, I used to like Slayer, and, you know, but at that time, you know, it was very much like the new metal kind of vibes. So I did see Slayer, Sepultura, and System of a Down in one night, which is... Amazing. <laughs> Actually, that's probably thinking I've never seen Slayer. I'd love to see that sometime. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I had got into hardcore and I had started um, uh, Pokemon Nights with a group called Distant Planet, which is like hardcore uh, acid house and jungle. And I brought up loads of hardcore and I was kind of starting to look back in time. So seeing where hardcore came from, and obviously I came across acid house from a few years before. And I just, uh, just fell in love with it, you know? I just love acid, you know, I just love that 303 sound and I love this track. First of all, it's fucking really long, but it's just, it's just quite understated, but it's just, it's just, uh, if you hear it loud late at night, it's just, it's just really immersive, I think. And uh, yeah, so I just went through a big acid house phase by up. Uh, like every 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 acid house tune that I've, I've I could want, I I managed to get. Like I haven't got everything, but I've, I'm happy enough to say I've I've done it now. Finally, we found it. Ending our quest. A sound that jacked the house to its best. Our search then continued, looking for a name, a name that will claim all sorts of things. Finally, we found it. Ending our search, a name to prove to us that it could really work. We called the sound acid, a name that came to be a member and whole of the house family. So as we go on, jack into the groove, we continue with the sound that makes your body move. Acid, acid, 
I'm not really a purist. I've never been bothered about buying originals. I'm as a record collector. They've always been to play. Oh, don't say that. They'll kick you out of record collecting club, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't buy records now. I don't play them either. I've just totally turned my back on it. But I just, you know, I just want the track to play it basically for, for, as, cheap, for as cheap as possible, <laughs> really. Of course. Which is why you don't play vinyl anymore, because you've gone purely digital then. I'm a lot richer now. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's loads of, I started to discover loads of new Acid House, like stuff on the I Love Acid label, you know, and post-human. And it's just like, wow, I guess there's more cheaper hardware, loads of more like, coming out, uh, 303 clones, and there's just a big wave of Acid House. Um, when was that movie about six years ago and it was yeah it was just awesome you know loads of acid house coming from the netherlands london as well obviously basically it was just a great time to be into acid acid music you know i just i know i I mentioned earlier that i don't really like acid that sort of squeals and yeah this is beautiful this is like it's a nice melody um, it's nice and bassy, and you haven't overprocessed it. They haven't gone too hard. They've just taken the time to go from one sort of phase to another, haven't they? Totally. Like just giving it room to breathe, and you know, I just, I just love how you can get it to make squawky sounds or like an acid wobble. We can even make it like purr. <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, the acid is just. Mm. If someone doesn't like acid, it's like, I don't think they're a real human being. <laughs> like, like I, don't, I don't, you know, I just cannot comprehend that because I just love its sort of otherworldliness. So, I mean, there's lots of different types of rave music out there from, you know, Psytrance, Breakcore, all sorts, right? But I think the one thing that unites all of them is I think everybody likes acid. Without doubt. Yeah. It's just a staple, isn't it? It's a staple for rave music. Yeah. Do you have a 303 or anything like that yourself? If I did, I wouldn't tell you, mate. They're worth about five grand on now or something like that. Yeah, they're ridiculous money. <laughs> People would be breaking into my house stealing it. Well, no, I, I mean I mean like a clone or... I mean, I, I don't, but definitely going to get one at some point. You're going to sell all your Bitcoin, yeah? Not a real one, not a real one, but, you know, just a clone. Oh, you'll get a TP clone or something like that. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you get a real 303, if I had a real 303, I would put it in a fucking glass box and not touch it. <laughs> and as you say, just get a clone and use the clone, and if you break it, oh well. <laughs> no harm done. Yeah. yeah, just use the real one for photos and things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just love acid, you know. I just love it, you know, it's so good. I love, you know, post-human stuff as well. Post-human really brought Acid House to a new level, the next level, you know, it's just just going places Acid House, never been before. You know, I love Luke Vibert's Acid. I mean, he's the master, isn't he? Yeah. I just had a quick jump onto eBay here, right? I've put in the 303. One of them's four is in Euro, four, Thousand eight hundred. Another one's three thousand four hundred. It's crazy. It's crazy, Millie. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I, like I said, I've said before. I think they're going to be like the Stradivarius of our generation. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I. You know, I used to um, know loads of acid purists. 
and you know they could identify what was a clone and what wasn't and if it wasn't made with a real 303 it's not real acid it's like pretty hard pretty hard line um which mm. elitism can't be doing it man yeah yeah that's not what i'm about at all you know yeah. i mean you know it, it would be nice it'd be nice to make it with a real 303 but i've got to put food on the table <laughs> yeah so it's just one of those things like you know yeah. everyone would love to have one sound how did they make that sound i'd love to know or what is it not the feet not the kick and the clap but that sort of i love it i love it i can't remember what it's called yeah you know just loads of chicago house and ghetto house love that sound some some weird synth somewhere jay you never hear it these days do you? i think it's sort of like mid 90s and then you never hear it again then we just it's uh it's an well it's it's an effect on ableton but it's an actual hardware they like no <laughs> no i can't remember its name i'm gonna see if i can find out but yeah i mean just sounds like that would just if you hear it loud and you know you're off it it's just mind-blowing like it just like really does weird shit to your to your brain this is a very long track by the way <laughs> And I give out to people. I, like, many times I've taken tracks off people and they've been 10 minutes long and I've cut them down to eight. Guarantee someone will give out to you going, oh, you've cut it down to eight minutes. Like, <laughs> the thing is 15 tunes. Like I always put 15 tunes on this one. 15 tunes tends to be, for some it's like an hour and five. For some it's an hour and a half. Um, I think about an hour and 15 is about where I want to be. Which is perfect. You hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what's this tune now we're on to? Okay, so this is by Jar Jar Laboom. I think that's how you pronounce it. And that's why I got you to introduce it. And what's the title of it? <laughs> Go for it, what's the title of it? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's, that's how English people say it. <laughs> uh, uh, tu, tu vu? 
Booty Vooper. I think it means. Oh shit, I used to know. I can't even remember. Are you in or are you out? I think maybe. You, you chill out. Tell me why you like it, and I've got a Google Translate. Okay, so. So, as I said, I was into Acid House, and the Belgians, around 88, were. They had their own version of it called Newbie. And this is an example of Newbie, and it's just really filthy acid based music it's like a like it doesn't really have the funk of house music so which is why it sounds quite quantized and techno-y i guess it's just everything's quite rigid and yeah they would just have 24-hour parties where it would just be evil acid music played and I had no idea it even existed until a couple of years ago. And it's just, it just got so many bangers, like so many. And it's quite interesting how it first came about. So obviously in Europe they had like a big EBM, not EDM, but EBM, an industrial scene. And uh, someone played an EBM track at the wrong speed like at 33 instead of 45 and everyone's like that sounds fucking amazing like really sludgy and like the vocal was like really doomy and and I guess it would have been more bassy as well because it slowed down so yeah so people started making music which sounded like other tracks slowed down and that's what newbie is this is 2015, right? So, yeah, pretty recent. No, 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 no. This would be from about 1988. Oh, that's what happens when you take notes in a rush. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been re-released again in 2015, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's old. It's like it's 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 as old as like UK rave music, which is great. You know, I guess um, it was all these tracks that were sampled in hardcore a few years later, like the Belgian techno and stuff, all the gnarly riffs. Yeah. Uh, and the translation on Google is "Do you want it or not?" There you go. Doesn't shine much light on it, does it though? Ah, okay. <laughs> So, there's a brilliant documentary called uh, The Sound of Belgium. Um, oh. And I, I, think you, I, th- I think you'd be really into it, you know, it touches on... I just, yeah, The Sound of Belgium, because there's a hell of a lot of, that happened in Belgium that I know nothing about, but a lot of fucking amazing music came out of Belgium in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of what the documentary is about. They're saying, you know, for a little while, we ruled electronic music, and then... So you know RNS records. Yeah, yeah, you know, so many RNS records I've got. You know, so important RNS to electronic music in general. This is where I'm going to find out they're actually a Dutch label, not a Belgian label, but I'm pretty certain from memory they're Belgian. Yeah, they are Belgian, yeah, yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah.
s'organiser, prendre du plaisir. On est paralysé par le désir. 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 It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. So this track, you know this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lucy Stoner had it when she did Talking Tunes. Yeah. Cashmere. I can tell you all about Cashmere now. He's actually Green Velvet. Did you know that? He's from Chicago. And this was released in 1992. Go on, what else? Oh, Percolator is what the Americans call a coffee machine. Yeah. And it's the bloop, bloop, bloops. That's, that's what they're talking about. So there you go. I'm Talking Tunes. You tell me about it. Let's see what you can fill in. <laughs> so me and Lucy Stoner, um, this is one of the first tracks that we bonded over and we attempted to find every remix of it, but we gave up, well I gave up, gave up pretty quickly because there are loads, but it's just that sort of, that sound. Oh. It's a cool track. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Because you had Lucy play at Das Booty when they came over, the three of them came over, or the, the whole American crew came over for yeah. early in 2020. Yeah, 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 I did. Um, I think, had she done a mix for you before then? Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's what I heard of her. I was like, it was just, we were just into very similar things, but coming at it from different sides. And she is, you know, really into the UK sound, but sort of knows all about this American sound. Well, I know, you know, I'm from the UK sound, but I've been really into like all this American music. So we just had a lot to, to chat about. And this is one of the things we bonded about. Um, so where did your project go with uh, finding all the versions of this? I think we stopped after about one or two days. <laughs> there were just too many. There were just too many, uh, you know. And then where do you draw the line? Because sometimes there might just be a tiny slipper of that percolating sound. Anyway. It's just when you hear it, it's one of those tracks that you don't mix it in with anything. You just play it from the top. And it's just a call, like to certain people who know it, they'll just be like, yeah, this is my jam. And they'll, they'll like flop to the dance floor. But yeah, I mean, that's a great example of Chicago House. And this one also, this is Fast Eddie rapping. I think it might be originally a DJ Funk tune that he's rapping over, but Fast Eddie is one of my all-time heroes. Do you know? Do you know about Fast Eddie at all? No, I don't know. No. Yeah, so he, so he's huge in the Chicago house scene, and then sort of Acid, that, that Acid house scene, hit, and he made Acid Thunder which is like the proper proper jam yeah so he, he's was like ruling chicago house and ruling that house and then he was like not getting booked because hip-hop was getting famous like hip-hop was what people wanted to hear and he's like man i need to get some more gigs so he taught himself how to rap and invented a hip house and he's just absolutely slays it at, you know he like raps and djs at the same time it's just incredible like, I would love to be able to do that. 
He's, he's just got such a sick flow, you know. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. He's one of my all-time heroes, so I had to include him. Yeah, he's just got like such a sick old-school flow, which only really works with house, like that, that four four beat. Take on a quick tangent, if I may. So, obviously, Das Booty, right? You're doing the nights, um, and you've been putting out releases as well. What what keeps you off doing the releases? I guess. I mean, we were doing really well with the nights, and then lockdown happened, and I just wanted to keep up the momentum, really, uh, and it just seemed fairly natural to put out some music I mean I, I've been trying to make music myself uh, there's lots of artists that I really really liked there's like been a resurgence of ghetto stuff uh, coming out of Germany especially and I think I just wanted to put a compilation out which would be the sound of the night yeah so it was it was more I just wanted to I guess put out to a wider audience what they could expect if they came to the night. Like a showcase, I guess. Yeah. So something good came out of COVID then? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, for me, lo- loads of stuff have. I mean, I was doing radio and that brought together like, people from Desert Bang Crew, The Sick Crew in Germany. I got to be good friends with Dave Shades and uh, Ritalin. Because I guess we were all craving sort of human interaction. You know, we'd all been to Bang Face, obviously, and you know had it, like this massive high, and then afterwards you like we're plunged into this horrible lockdown, and we're just like, oh my god, just just want to keep like that feeling going, just keep it going. And yeah, it's really amazing. Deep friendships were formed from that. So Dave Shades now co-runs the Das Beauty label with me. Big up Scott. Generally, I do pretty much everything, but with him, I can whatever he likes. I know I'll like. It's going to be good. Yeah, exactly. So I can just leave him to it, and basically, I just trust his judgment totally. So. Okay, he's doing horror boogie for a long time, and I'm sure he's still doing it as well. Uh, and again, everything putting out on that label quality yeah i mean i was a big fan of of that label as well so you know it was great to hang out with him and then it's great to be friends and it's great to have him on board so big ups mate it's his birthday today as well so happy birthday yeah <laughs> how is it awesome big up scott yeah so wax master mega mix i mean this for me right i'm playing off my laptop i'm a laptop dj but I'm definitely going to be faking some you know DJ actions while I'm playing this one right it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah look at me I'm, I'm pushing all the dials and knobs at the same time you know yeah <laughs> 
So this is what I would call dukey get tech footwork. I guess duke. Duke is the right word for it. So this is the kind of stuff that I play now, which is uh, I would call an amalgamation of all the other music that we've been listening to. Uh, yeah, you know, I just love how it's all like cut and paste. You know, it's like proper banging music, like you, you can dance to, but it's very hip hoppy. Yeah, and you can just do crazy things with it like when you're mixing, you know. All the tracks are really, really short. This is called a mega mix, but it's it's, it's just two tracks that I glued together, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a mega mix at all. Um, I just like how uh, live it sounds, this kind of music sounds. It just sounds, you know, it's not like Tech House, which is like dead music. I would call it dead music. This is just very human, in your face, lively. It's like being at a gig, you know? That's how I see it. So we're coming up to the end now, man. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us about the tunes. No problem. It's my pleasure. And I hope we see you at a future gig sometime. Okay. Definitely, man. I'll see you. I'm sure I'll see you at Bang Face at the next one. Bang Face, Bang Face. <laughs> no, literally fucking counting down for that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Cheers, Rory. Thanks again, man. And uh, see you soon. Okay, mate. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.